in the words of the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, everybody's got a price. Everybody's going to pay. But the million dollar man always gets his way. <laughs> like, don't forget the hairy armpits. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Good evening, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit, the podcast. Uh, where three guys discuss topics selected at random and provide verdicts. My name is Mike Hodgins. With me is Crofton Steers. Hello, Michael. And, of course, Bo Schwartz. You haven't the guts to... The, oh, I screwed it up. God damn it. Oh, you have, you're trying to do some kind of British Isles accent. You, you haven't the gravel in your guts to spit in me. I... There, <laughs> my my uh, my attempts at British accents always turn somehow into Australian accents. It's more <laughs> a like, Scottish accent. Oi! A... Anyways, they always yeah. start with oi. I'm trying a Scottish accent like the Simpsons janitor. I don't know. Anyways, hello. How's it going? <laughs> I've been it's spending going, my free. All right. I'm spending my free time well. I see that. Yeah. I would give you full credit if you were able to go the whole podcast with a Scottish accent. No. No, please don't. Yeah, it'd be brutal. <laughs> Now the reason for it is I recently recently seen this film called Filth based on a Irvine Welsh novel, and you know uh, I think his name's James McAvoy, the guy who plays uh, Professor X in the new like X Men old school stuff. He's in it. It's McAvoy, yes. Yeah, or McAvoy, McAvoy. And there's a lot of uh, Scottish accents in it, and I kind of grew enamored with it. So I've been speaking that way, like in the shower and stuff, you know. So you should <laughs> just, read um, practicing. You should read Train Spotting. It's like written phonetically, like Scottish. But yeah, that, that's actually true. Irvine Welsh is an author I really have wanted to read, but I just haven't, you know, cracked it. My sister's really into it, though. It's also his one good book, because uh, honestly, Porno and his other books, overrated. You, you've read them? Yes. Oh, and you didn't like them? Just Train Spotting? I like Train Spotting. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, so uh, I, <laughs> I watched the movie Filth. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking, Mike. How good. are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Excellent. And I guess we should say a little hello to our listeners. Hello, listeners. Anyone have any big news to share for this week? No, but it was nice to have Breck here last time. I listened to our podcast today, uh, Walking Home. I'm not sure if that's narcissistic to listen to your no. podcast. Sometimes it is, I, and we've discussed it before. It is not show. narcissistic. It, I, I sort of wonder, you know, like if Hollywood actors watch the movies they're in and you know, like a whole movie where you're like the yeah, main character. They go to the premiere. I think it. I think it depends how narcissistic they are because I've heard a lot of them say like, "I hate watching myself in, in movies." You know who would love watching himself in a movie? Bo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like looking at yourself in the mirror. If you like doing that, you like listening to your. Except own- acting cooler and being well more done up than you possibly could make yourself. Mm, I suppose. I don't know. My beard's uh, pretty epic. I th- I'm thinking of getting an agent, like uh, contacting an agent and saying, um, I don't have a lot of experience doing any acting, but I've got this great beard and you don't find this kind of beard every day. So maybe there's a role for me in some kind of hillbilly show or some fantasy show that needs like dwarves or giant mountain men. Um, so yeah, it'd, so it's all about the It'd beard. be like, we're, we're, we're doing a medieval thing taking place in Scotland. You'd be like, oh, great, great. Oh, damn it, I screwed up my accent. <laughs> just go on like that every take. Well, they I, could I, also just go down to the Scottish homeless 
shelter. So, Although, Crofton, you were saying something, though, about listening to your own voice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Breck, for a long time, didn't want to do the show. Uh, and I appreciate him having uh, coming in and, and adding a fourth voice and that sort of thing because uh, he was he did he doesn't like listening. I don't think many people do like listening to the sound of his own voice uh where i have no qualms now i'm like oh man i'm very intelligent and good looking <laughs> do, you, do you know why I'm, well i don't like listening to the sound of my own voice but it's because it sounds different than i think it sounds yeah same here i but, love the sound of my own voice it sounds better than i think it sounds all right guys are you ready to get a random topic in and let our voices uh voices or let our voices uh caress whatever topic we have chosen today yeah let's do it let it rip mike <laughs> what will it be today uh, to, this is an interesting one interesting because I've, I've given it some thought recently okay it's uh it's money Oh, money, money, money. <laughs> and when I say I've given it some thought, because legitimately there was, I was trying to, to think, try to imagine what a sort of modern society like the one we live in would look like or could function without money. And I had a heck of a time <laughs> trying to imagine it. Uh, there was definitely like you could poke holes through any kind of thing. And obviously this is just a mental exercise. It wasn't, uh, you know, academic or anything in nature. Yeah. Uh- so define, defining money, because I always kind of think I have the definition of money, but I'm sure I'm like off. But it just it's a form of currency that denotes goods and services to be fut- uh, purchased at a future time. Is that right? Is like is am I, am I miss part of it? You guys have anything you want to add? Well, to I what think money saying is? it's a form of currency is a redundant in. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm saying it's a it's a representation of goods and services to be purchased. At a yeah, I, th- time. I think like, so. I think it's like it's it's a way to have universal barter instead of trading your goat for some wheat. You can just have this third. Entity. Like here, I give you five bucks, and you can, can get yeah, whatever can, the hell you they, want with they it. It can be yeah. traded for anything, so you don't always need to have the specific thing that the other person wants. So it's it's a method of simplifying trade. And it's funny because, like, we always like to define things on this show. It's like, well, how do we define this? I think money is one of those things that people know what we're talking about. Pretty self-explanatory. With money. <laughs> it's not rocket science. The one thing I will say is you guys w- uh, mentioned simplifying, and that's what where I think um, uh, I like the idea of, of money and currency. It simplifies complex transactions, or it should. We have made it, it an entire system of rules and uh, around money to complicate the crap out of it but the base the base existence of currency and money is to simplify to simplify things and sometimes when there's a lot of countries close together and they adopt a universal currency that's to simplify things further as things get uh, increasingly complicated so i do appreciate it as a form of simplification and that's i mean we at this, I feel like we should mention Bitcoin as a kind of new form of, of money and one I think that has been made to try to become, as you say, Crofton, more simplified in that it's not attached to a state. It's a, I think it was started by some libertarian people who were annoyed at money markets and, and those types of things and that Bitcoin is a sort of um, – uh, not not attached to any specific state. Money. Yeah, I think that the idea behind it is that it's uh, it's more of a universal currency as opposed to 
uh, something that because most currency is like um, delivered from the government of that nation, right? Like it's ra- ratified or validated. Like you don't just have like money. You have Canadian money. You have American money. You have uh, pound. Like you have a money that's ratified or, or made. What's the word well, I'm looking for? It's made valuable by the government that supports the currency, right? I think I think it really is now, and but I think that it used to be. Um, so you know, they always talk about the states, the gold, uh, the gold standard, and they went off yeah. the gold standard. Nixon got rid of that. So it used to be that every American dollar was backed up by gold, which was in Fort Knox or various other places. And then when they went off that, uh, money started being more faith faith in the state. And so as you as you say, um, you're sort of banking on the economy uh, or GDP or, or economic power of that given country to perform and be able to pay its debts and things like that, giving the the, the money value and so one of the one of the important things to note about money that it took me a while to fully grasp the significance of it is that the value of money even though your ten dollar bill is will always say ten dollars until you deface it burn it or trade it away for goods um, the actual value of money constantly is in flux so it's actually never worth the exact same thing relative to other currencies relative to the kinds of purchasing power that that ten dollars, if you will, has so um, the most. I think the the one that I learned in school, but again, didn't quite grasp the significance of was inflation. So, um, and I still probably couldn't properly define inflation, other than the value of money goes down all the time. But there are other factors that you know change the value of money. I know in Canada, we're often obsessed with whether our dollar. Not obsessed in in like a. A weird way, just it's a topic of conversation whether a dollar is worth more than an American dollar or less because it's constantly around that area. And recently it was worth more for a little while and then went back down. Um, So money's never worked the same thing. That's kind of for a common person like me. I'm really I get really irritated about that. That really frustrates me. Well, the inflation is 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 an interesting point in that it's constantly on the rise and your money doesn't it's purchasing power right and i think that it, you know we talk about we started talking about this the, the initial simplified version where it's like you can't just trade a goat for wheat that gets annoying so you have the money but then it quickly gets really complex again as you trade money between between different countries and and those rates change so we were at parity with the u.s for a long time so you go to the states and their buying power was always better like goods were cheaper there now when our dollar was worth the same you could buy it was a great deal to go down there um, and now that it's it's like what eighty some cents or something per I dollar. Know, I don't know what it is now. It, it's it's just funny because we think of it as this way to, to again purchasing power for things, but it it's it's, it's totally in flux. Um, and there's things like inflation and things like if you had that same dollar in American dollars, you could now buy more goods and services with the same thing. So it's just it, it yeah, it's definitely not static. Right. The uh, the thing about the thing about money is that it gives the state uh, a certain amount of power because the state, in the end, is the is in control of the mint and in control of the printing press. Because let's face it, money doesn't grow on trees; it's printed, it's minted, um, and and that of course affects inflation. Um, it also it also gives a certain amount. If I want to trade um, a goat to Mike. For an iPod, um, I'd make that trade. Uh, if I want to trade a goat for an iPod, 
there's only two parties at play. There's me, the owner of the goat, and Mike, the owner of the iPod. I give him one, he gives me the other. If we're talking about money, then as soon as we use money, if I give Mike money for his iPod, there's a third invisible party at play, and that party is the state. So that's that's the thing. Um, More than that, the banking system. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, so you're bringing in a lot of other parties. And everyone wants to – like my big issue with money, like I mean we can say it's, it's, def, it's absolutely an incredibly useful tool. There's no doubt about it. Um, as I said, I tried to envision a society without money and I did not come up with anything that made any kind of sense. But my problem with it uh, is that it's easily uh, hoardable. So you can hoard it, right? Whereas if I am a goat breeder and I breed goats and I like to get wheat, if I have a billion goats – and I just have a, I keep them in stockpile, and then they keep dying. And just because I want to have them, it's it doesn't like it doesn't make sense, you know. It, it, but with money, it does make sense because it buys anything, yeah. and it's 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 a source of power. So the more you have of it, really, the more powerful you are. But if it's a commodity, a specific commodity, unless you can transfer it into money, it's less valuable. It's only valuable to the person who wants the specific commodity. Whereas money is absolutely valuable to everyone, and that I think drives people to try to get as much of it as they can beyond what is necessary for a good life. And that's yeah. kind of, I think, my issue with it. I, I, I agree with you that that's, that's definitely a problem. I just I have I take issue with one of the words you used, which was easily, because I don't think it's easily hoardable. Like, I think, I think there's a certain amount of people to whom it's easy, people who study this kind of thing, people who commit themselves to it, but it's definitely not easy because we wouldn't have this people protesting a 1% of people Who've hoarded it? While the remainder of us dumbasses. Well, let's be clear. It's it's not. Don't know easy. what how to do this kind of thing. It's not easy to hoard because those people are smart with money. Don't don't buy that bullshit. It's easy to hoard when you have a lot of it to begin with. Well, there's no, there's that too. Like, but I'm just the word easy is all I meant. It was like ah, it's not. It's easy for certain people. So it's easy well, for it's people who it, already have the money. For example, maybe easy was the wrong word. I think it, it more it makes it makes more sense to hoard it. Whereas if it's goats. Really, I only need as much goats as sure. as market demand there is for goats. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't make sense to just have more and more and more and more goats yeah. if I can't move those goats. Yeah. You know, like, like commodities are 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 balanced by um, the, the demand for them in a market. But <clears throat> but money is universal. So if you have fifty billion dollars, that all that that always has va- value. Well, that, you have options, power, leverage. And and the other thing with money too is that it's not just money as in liquid money, but you know your asset ownership counts as part of your personal wealth. Uh, if you were to do, um, I'm not sure what the word for it is, but you know an assessment of your personal wealth, you might if you owned shares in a profitable company that would count towards your 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 you know, there would be a monetary value assigned to that. And that would help you leverage new loans for new ventures, where someone without who doesn't own those kinds of income generating assets doesn't don't have those options. So, you know, the message is it's not just money, but it's just wealth. The more wealth you have, the more able you are to attain all of it. And I think I just think that the word easy with it is just it's like. But, Everyone but, can do it, but it takes discipline and it takes the financial means maybe in yeah, some okay. cases. Yeah, okay. But I think, I think yeah, we've mined that that point. Now, I think in terms of talking about money, though, like in, in addressing what Mike was saying, the idea that people are able to hoard, hoard it, easy or not, um, 
isn't necessarily a good thing. The good thing about it, though, uh, I think, is that it allows people to save up and and potentially retire. Because if you only have what you are bringing in at the time to trade, if I only am as good as the goats that I can raise, well, when I'm too old to be able to raise goats anymore, I don't know what goats ever did to us. But anyway. Uh, Mike wants if, them. If, if, yeah, Mike. Mike loves his goats. Use, useful commodities, more but, useful than an iPod. Anyway, he'll make more money in the long run off of his goat than you will with your possibly. You can make two goats and make a new goat, but you can't oh. make an iPod. <laughs> All, right, All right, shut we're, up. We're derailing him. Continue, <laughs> Crofton. Sorry. Okay, so the goat, the goat thing. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just saying that if. Um, in the case of goats, if you were no longer able to take care of them, you can't stockpile them, like Mike said. So that prevents you from becoming necessarily rich, but it also prevents you from taking – ever stopping doing it as long as you want to live, right? Unless you have somebody taking care of you, which not everybody has. Also yeah. – oh, I, I think that's a good – I think that's an excellent point. And I think that, um, that it comes back to the fact that, that money is an extremely useful – useful tool. I do that. I, I'd say I hoard money, not a lot of money, but I, I, I don't like spending all the money I have because I think it's far more, more useful to, to have it. But that's obviously a pretty, relatively speaking, small amount of money compared to people, the people who hoard, right. hoard money. When we truly talk about hoarding money, we're talking about that 1% with you know people with personal fortunes of billions of dollars or even hundreds of millions of dollars. That's because as soon as you do that, that's uh, it's it's an it's an unequal distribution of what's out there, right? So, um, it, it, like like again, coming back to goats or whatever, you can only get you can only move those goats when people when when people want them when there's a de- when there's a demand for them. But um, but whereas the money is uniform uniformly useful. And one one thing I find interesting is you open this by saying you were trying to imagine a world you know without money and that sort of thing, and that it it was it was you know it's difficult to do so because when you start somewhere uh, you always end up you always end up with money like as you simplify things and I think it's interesting when you look at science fiction. So when you look at science fiction, space almost, credits, almost all science is is exactly that is like some representation of currency it seems like the the most crazy it gets when imagining the future is is oh one day we won't have coins we'll just use cards which we're pretty much at now you know but besides that it it never because it feels like money is the it almost money is the end it, it's like there's nowhere to go from there if you're e- if you're operating even in a capitalist in a capitalistic society exchanging goods for services, that money is practically necessary. Yeah, um, I, I agree that I, I I think if I was you and I were both to do the same exercise that Mike did, we'd have a hard time thinking of what what else could it be besides the Star Trek future of like we don't need money, which uh, doesn't make sense when you look into it really. But well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like to keep it open mind with Star Trek. Sorry. Um, so, but one of the so you know, I think I, I just kind of want to tr- change track just a little bit um, because one of the big things that people uh, say is that money can buy you happiness or money can't buy you happiness. There's a there's this idea of happiness is closely linked to the concept of money for many people, um, whether you're a child and just getting twenty dollars to buy your favorite toy. Or but that feeling really out of reach, or being an adult and having the means to to have the status or, or take care of a family or whatever it is that might define happiness for you, the concept of money is always closely 
um, linked to happiness. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to pull a page from Mike's book here. And a long time ago, I listened to a CBC radio program. <laughs> and it stuck with me all of my life. And this is something that is always, um, it's just there. And it's a belief that I have. Um, and what they were saying was they did studies to figure out um, on your personal budget of money. So if you're an income earner, um, where is your happiness level? And they said that basically if you're spending uh, more than 33% of your income on your living expenses and your fun stuff and whatever else, and then saving the 66%, the two-thirds, <clears throat> they find that that's a good balance of, of happiness income where you're, you're growing yourself that nest egg, and but you have enough means to, to pay for what you want, including when sort of emergency expenses come up. Um, I'm not sure if that's a little uh, utopian, but uh, to me, that that's sort of one of the routes to happiness with respect to money in the world that we I, live in. Today. I heard something on the radio where they said where they put a dollar figure on it, and it was uh, seventy thousand dollars, saying that if you earn in, in Canada, anyway, as of you, this year, because it changes all the time. Oh, this was a couple of years ago, it was sure. one or two years oh, okay. ago, but it's fairly current, and it was just like seventy thousand dollars. It's like if you earn more than that. See, because I would, I would fundamentally disagree with that premise you put forward that money is linked linked to happiness. I would, however, say that it's very true that lack of money can lead to unhappiness. But those are different things. I think that I think that if you are in poverty, you're going to have a lot of issues which are going to bring you down. But it's not like it's tied. It's tied to it at. It's like, oh, if if I have a hundred thousand dollars, I have no worries for money. Say, you know, I, I can pay all my bills. I can do all this. I can do all that. Whatever. But uh, that makes me X level of happiness. But if I had, so then, okay, well, if I had hundred billion dollars, I would be a hundred billion times happier <laughs> than I am now. That's just not true. Like I think that 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 it, it when where you don't have money puts you into that into a deficit of happiness. You're like I, you're stressed. You can't pay your bills. Your family's suffering. You know, there's those are issues. But once all those things are met, uh, and I think this is what they were talking about the seventy thousand dollars thing. Once all those things are met. You can you can you can pay your bills. You can take care of your family's food on the table. You have enough money for like entertainment value. More money beyond that uh, doesn't really bring you happiness. And the studies that that they were citing was just that. And if anything, it can be it can be even worse, and it can be compounded. You start buying all the stuff. It can, it can actually lead to problems, which you often hear about lottery winners, you know, getting depressed and things like that. Well, I think that I think that that's interesting. The lottery thing uh, is interesting because they're always selling, and, and this is I agree. I agree, sort of with what you're saying. I think it's difficult to break that stuff down and be like lack. I do agree. Lack of money uh, leads to unhappiness. I also agree that there's no happiness store that you can go into and be like, here's fifty dollars. Can I have fifty dollars worth of happiness, please? Um, that's, it's too intangible and I don't think it's an exponential thing, but I do think that the more money you have gives you the more opportunity for, for happy to, to explore life and to find happiness. And I think that lotteries trade on that. They'll, they'll, uh, and as is actually retirement savings plans in Canada, we have a famous one. It's like freedom, where the slogan is "Freedom 55." The idea is that they're selling freedom that you are that you are entrapped by a lack of money that's forcing you to do things such as work that you may not want to do. You'd rather spend time uh, freely, and to be able to buy this time, you need to have money. And to get that money, you know, they're they're saying saving via via retirement or lotteries and that sort of thing 
The lottery is the uh, redneck retirement. Are, are you guys? Um, are you guys driven by money? Is um, it something that, that that drives you? I think to a certain extent, I have been in my life where um, I felt that money was a really important enabler for things that I wanted to accomplish. And I think they still are, but I think I think that's definitely a discourse I'm having with myself because I think most of the time that I do things in 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 the effort of attaining money or attaining a position that enables me to get money, um, I'm also unhappy because it's usually involving decisions. Like a lot of my life have been career decisions that um, are you know things I felt that I've had to do but not been genuinely interested in. Um, and I'm really sort of working at reconciling um, a balance between generating income and doing things that I feel are fulfilling. So um, they they definitely influence me um, and they definitely influence my decision making. But I'm not I guess I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not driven by money, but I understand it's it has a huge importance in the way the world works today and maybe for a long time. But it seems to me that as a person without means that's going to be unhappiness. That means not having the options to take care of family and not having the options to, uh, to, to take care of myself or to, do, to have the things that I'd like to have. Yeah. So if the question is, are you driven by money uh, for me or does money motivate you? The, the answer is no. And it's not for selfless reasons. It's actually from a fortunate reason, which is that I have never had to worry about money. And I've been in situations where my friends have, my wife has, uh, and uh, my, you know, my parents put money aside for education funds and all this sort of thing. Uh, once I was out of school, I stumbled into jobs pretty easily, um, in which I always had a fair amount of disposable income. So, I mean, it's just a situation where I've never been in want. And because of that, I've never really thought about money as much as I have. I have some friends that just that spend a lot of time thinking about money. A lot of them think about promotions uh, at work and like getting to that next level to get that higher dollar amount, where I always think about the level of responsibility that comes with it and not necessarily the money that's coming to me. It's not because I'm not, I don't value money. It's just because I just don't, I don't think of it because I've been fortunate enough not to. An interesting well, answer. How are you, Mike? Are you um, driven by I, money? You, no, you're an enterprising I, I, individual. I, I would say. I'm a what individual? You're an enterprising individual. I would say, like, you definitely have goals that you're working toward. Yeah, I, I sort of wish there we did live in a society that didn't have money, uh, but being that we do, I feel like I try to invest money wisely so that it makes more money, and it, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to get to that place of <clears throat> freedom fifty five, so to speak, where I could uh, not have to. To, to continue working. But when I was thinking about what would a world look like without money, I started thinking about, and again, I did not come up with any kind of workable. I'm like, oh, yeah, it'd be this. Um, one time I went to this meeting, and this is a bit of a side topic, here in uh, the Glee with some <laughs> some weird hippie people that were trying to establish these local uh, barter system and, like, to get this, like, online system of barter. And it was interesting in that it was, like, it was, like, cyclical barter so that it might be, like, five-way barter so you say like i have a goat i have some wheat i have some like say everyone has this different stuff and someone's like well i don't want i don't want wheat but i have a goat and the wheat person wants the goat but then the milk person's like well i want wheat so you can do these like circular trades this Anyways, sounds like talk- settlers of Catan. It, i was gonna say the same it's thing it's funny it, it is and, and literally i've got bricks 
Well, that's what they were trying to do. They were saying that we should set up this system where people can be like, look, I'm handy. I could, I could, um, I'm offering, um, you know, f- fixing stuff around the house. What, what does yeah. someone else have to offer? And someone else says like, oh, I, I'll do childcare. I can offer childcare services for five hours a week. And then, and then you go on this online. And it was an interesting way. And but- then someone else is like, I'm a prostitute. Uh, yeah, that person's like worked <laughs> around the clock. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but but the point is, it was that's not practical, right? And then I was trying to think of of of, of other things, because like, I am an, I don't want to just do things for money. And there's things I like to do, um, like I like I'm a handy enough guy and I like doing those things. And I was thinking legitimately, and I don't have a lot of time right now, but I was thinking of posting ads on Kijiji to just offer fr- free uh, free work to strangers. Uh, almost, I'll take that. <laughs> I've offered to help you a lot. I offered to make you a countertop for your kitchen. It still stands. Um, I, might, I might still take that. <laughs> you should. It's it's a good offer. It'll be a nice countertop. But so, and that's what I was thinking because I like I like doing stuff like that. And I feel like, well, should I? Would I do it just for money? You know, they always say like, try to find something you do for free, and then find a way to make money doing it. And then I'm like, well. Uh, maybe I should just find something I like doing and then just do it because I like it and maybe help people out. Maybe that will generate some, I don't know, karma credit or something. Bo, you could grow your beard out, then have it cut and turned into toupees for men, balding men. Yeah, like there's this path that the beard might be taking me down that that really could change my life, I think. I feel like it would make better pubic hair prosthesis. Possibly, that's true. (laughs) I I would like to say, because when we're talking about money, we're talking Sorry. Talking about simplifying things, and we're talking about like the necess- the necessity of it. And Mike mentioned the hoarding, but I think like when we when we spoke a few months ago on or with regards to organized religion, um, I made the point at the time where it's like you know this is the cause of so many conflicts in the world, uh, organized religion and such. Now, at the time, I said I don't think anything has caused more conflicts or more violence, or more bloodshed in the world than organized religion. But if there was one thing, <laughs> that one thing would be money. And uh, and it brings out the absolute worst in people, um, and uh, rare, rarely the best. Um, that's, least- an, that's an excellent, excellent point. I'm, I'm surprised it took us this long to touch on that. Because I, I feel like that uh, at base, we all to some extent have – greedy components of our of our personality it, you know and it, it obviously sliding scale some people are greedier than others but certainly uh money can, can can pull that part of you out to be like the more i get the more i have the, the it can make you more selfish or if you are predisposed to being selfish then hoarding money will appeal to you will appeal to you more whereas uh being charitable or giving money away has to appeal to the other side, uh, and and people do it. There are people, rich people, who give away a lot of money, um, which is which is great. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like probably more conflict happens over money, and even like uh, to the point of like personal conflict and relationship issues dr- driven around differences in how people deal with money or want to spend money. Those are huge issues. It's it's conflict at all levels of life even even the fact of like if you say i hate my job but i can't quit that's really because of money that's not even because you you needed to live or whatever it really drives so much stuff it's a really good point no i like the um 
the 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 other sh- the stuff going on in the Middle East with the oil and stuff. I think the root of that is, you know, trade money. Uh, the Japanese say that business is war, and so business the business of business mainly being to you know one of the big tenets at least is to earn a profit. Uh, you connect all those dots, and basically, money is war. <laughs> you know, it's it's what you use to purchase a place to have uh, a roof over your head. And to have food in your stomach and to care for your loved ones. Um, So money is kind of life and death when you really think about it that way. I always thought it would be interesting. You know, we have this concept of a minimum wage. It always it always raises a lot of debate. They just raised the middle the the minimum wage in Ontario uh, to to what some people say is still not a livable uh, salary. Uh, But but our government, the Ontario government, I guess, decided it was low enough that they had to increase it for inflation's sake or whatever. Uh, And people all raise these alarms about, oh, the economy is going to fall. You know, you're going to have to lay off employees too expensive and pass along the money to uh, They'll outsource to other countries, the labor. Yeah, there's That's... always these issues about having the minimum wage. What I wish people would talk about, because when we talk about this hoarding of money, um, you know, and I think, you know, and if everyone should have a right to be to be comfortable, uh, to to have to have their needs met. Uh, if they want even a fancy car and they want to save up and buy it, that's great. Like I, I you know, I think that that's all good. But I think the concept to, to get rid of the real hoarders of money, the people who are multi, multi, multi millionaires or billionaires is why can't we have something like a maximum wage? If we have a minimum wage, why can't we have a maximum wage? And just say about anything above that is either just you can spread it around your company if you're a CEO or it seems like a, or, or give it its taxation or give it away to charities or whatever. And but why not set it at something like you know ten million dollars a year or something? That's a maximum wage, ten million dollars a year. But yet, if you were to propose that, people, I think the greedy people, become very angry. <laughs> this concept of the, your limited freedom or your desire to get ahead, but make it high enough that you could still live a very wealthy life. But, but- like I agree with you too, but I, I even think may they might not even get angry. It's it's that um, the, the, these individuals who were financial gurus, martial artists with money, they, they won't earn. They'll they'll if it, it was enacted into law, they'd respect it. But they'd have asset ownership that you know would, would they they'd be sheltered places. You don't need to actually have like a, a rich person doesn't have fifty billion dollars in his pocket. Yeah. He's got all these assets that generate income. So that's they get around it. That's not, you know, not that to may be true, it, but I think it's a good, I think it's an interesting idea. I actually like it as an idea, but I think right now what ha- what's happened is that our country and the rest of the countries rotate around the United States right now. Now that's going to change at one point, but right now we, we rotate around the United States. So their ideal of the American dream of aspiring to, you know, great wealth and great things um, is is while not exactly the same in Canada and in other countries, we are we are somewhat like microcosms of their of of their environment, less radical. And I think that it'd be it's exactly the things that you touched on that would stop it stop it from ever happening. Though I do honestly, especially ten million dollars or whatever, I think that that's a I think that that's a good idea. But it'd be interesting to see if a politician put it forward because I almost guarantee that there would be a huge amount of flack and something like that would never gain traction. And in the loopholes you say, Bo, I feel like there'd be ways to address that. But again, the bottom line, my only major issue with money is is that, is it is that it's so disproportionately hoarded and in the pockets of so few, so much and so few. And I feel like that, it's just, I'd like to see more people have more of it. That's, 
that's yeah. all. If 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 that were the case, I wouldn't. I don't think have any problems with 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 money. But because it is the way it is, and it pulls out that greed, I, I have a maybe, maybe I'm getting close to a verdict here. Yeah, because, let's do it. Should yeah. I go first? Yeah, maybe. jump right in. Yeah, you're you're go, on a roll. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Oh, you know, no, oh, man, this one's hard. I'm actually having some difficulty with it. Um, so I think because that's the case, I'm going to say that money is bullshit. <laughs> And I had to kind of split. Oh yeah, I had to kind of split the difference there because I really do think it's a it's a useful tool, but I think it draws out so many negative, uh, so many negative aspects in humanity, uh, greed and uh, and 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 conflict over the desire for more money that has really proved a lot of a lot of negatives. But as I said, I, I just I really could not think of, of how else you'd structure society, a complicated society with very specific roles and jobs and products and things like that without a tool like money. So it's a super, super useful tool. Uh, but anyways, because of that, it's bullshit. It's 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 messed up now. It needs to be, I think, changed the system. But that's that's my verdict. I, I'm also stuck between uh well, somewhat stuck between two verdicts, but uh, in the end, I'm going to agree with Mike and say money is bullshit. And uh, the other verdict I was stuck between was bad. And it's it's one of those things where I hate saying bad if I can't come up with at least a remote alternative. And I, I can't in this case. I can't think of anything that that would be – that would take the place of money in, in a – a functional way. And so because of that, I got to say bullshit. But uh, if you guys recall, I was the one that said banks were bad. And this is spoiler alert if you're not listening to these in chronological order. I uh, I said banks were bad. And, and money sort of ties into my wanting to do the same. I just I, – I see a lot of negativity. I see a lot of uh, struggles and everything from like the mafia to wars to whatever. It's all, it's all about money. And it really makes me want to say that it's bad. But at the same time, I agree with Mike, tool, yada, yada, no replacement. So in the end, I got to split the difference and say bullshit. Cool. All right. Um, as for my verdict, uh, there is a saying, money is the root of all evil. Uh, I disagree. I think if evil exists, people are the root of it. Um, that being said, uh, to me, money is just outright bad. And the, the reason for that is I think of the three of us, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know I've spent a lot of time reading financial books, like how-to books, and uh, I've spent a lot of time wanting to aspire to be someone of great means. And um, But it's actually just not me. And for me, the sense of money and the sense of the culture that we have that surrounds interest in money and its necessity makes me feel like I'm part of the matrix. Like I was born into something that I don't really want to be a part of. And I don't think it actually has anything to do with happiness whatsoever. I think it's part of the culture that we're raised and part of the system that we're plugged into that I can't ignore because it really is a part of the world. It is life or death. But at the same token, I'm not satisfied with any of it. And I think I'm growing increasingly irritated at having to worry about such things. Um, so I'm going to say it's bad and I don't have a better like i don't have a constructive idea as to say what would be the way i'd want to live or, or the way it would be better um because i find i'm still so steeped in it but um my, it's my personal feeling on it is that money is just stupid crap 
<laughs> Interesting. I had to, it's funny because Crofton and I seem to have the exact same dilemma. I think you are very right, though, Crofton, to say banks are bad. I, I think I said they were, I can't remember what I said. I might have said bullshit. they were bullshit. Yeah, and I was also struggling with that one. But I think you're totally justified to say that they're bad and that money is bullshit because I feel like they're part of the component of hoarding of money. And so I feel like they, they serve the bad part of money, even though money has its pragmatic. It's too, it's too important. It's too big a subject in our lives. You know, we, we very... gossip about the revenues of blockbuster films coming out. Like, it gives a fuck, you know. Last episode, we did professional sports. And one of the big points was they're making $30 million. Like, it's important in our minds. And yeah. really, it isn't. We have a short life to live. Money's such a fucking waste, you know. Excuse you know me, one thing, just... you, you know one thing it does well? Uh, songs, songs about money. <laughs> it's true. Tend to be good. Like get rich like, and die trying. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna be like pro wrestling themes. Like uh, here comes some money. Money talks. Money, 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 money. <laughs> what about Wait, um, Pink Floyd? That's I think of the Pink Floyd one. What about that uh, MIA or the Beatles song? one? Give me money. Uh, yeah, see, there you go. MIA uh, had one too. That uh, all I want to do is bang, 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 and ching and take your money. Take money. You know, I think it was a that slum dog millionaire. You can actually make the sound effects. Yeah. I think. Well, also, you know, uh, I'm working on my sound effects voice too. I'm no Seth MacFarlane over here. Yeah. I tell chat, you. <laughs> oh, a very simple way to live without money is to just be do everything self. Some people try to do this, just live off the grid, self-sustaining. But man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it's probably not worth it. I'm too lazy to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's the money making you lazy. I guess I don't know. Sorry. All right, uh, I think that'll wrap up our conversation. We're running pretty long. Um, if you want to email us with your thoughts and comments about today's episode, you can do so at goodbadbs at gmail dot com. We love hearing from you, uh, and if you want to send an audio file, uh, please feel free to do that. We'll play your audio clip on the air. Um, if you want to subscribe to our show or just find out more about uh, uh, the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast or as hosts, please visit gbbpodcast.com. There you'll find links to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or any RSS catcher, podcatcher that uses RSS. Uh, there's links for that there, too. All right, Crofton, if our fine listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find you? They can get my information to send a PayPal or Bitcoin transfer to me by following me at Crofton Steers. Don't do that. <laughs> and Mike, if people want to find you, how can they find you? They can find me uh, on my computer posting an ad to do free work for someone because I'm an idiot. <laughs> you better find who this guy is and uh, get on that. He's giving away free work. All right. Uh, as usual, you can find me on Twitter, at Bo Schwartz. And I think that'll wrap up the show. Gentlemen, it's been an honor. On behalf of Crofton Steers, Michael Hodgins, and myself, we bid you edge. I hit on men all the time. I'm that guy.